Hello, how are we all? The times they are a-changing, always, as someone so wisely once sang. But many of us are still in some form of lockdown, adjusting to the new way of life and how it really is okay for in-laws to keep their distance now, with respect, of course. Welcome, Mommy. We finally have my mom here. We are actually taping this podcast outside at a socially distant... uh, Distance. distance. Is that how you describe yeah. it now? Socially distant so. distance? It sounds like a tongue twister. This week, Robbie and Ida are still staying at home, but joined by Ida's mum, Gwen, who has been poorly. Those of you who have been following our storyline, my mom's storyline, know that my mom has been uh, fighting cancer this year, right around when COVID broke out onto the scene. So we have in cautiousness and love, kept a distance from Gwen, from Nana Gwen, as she's known known more popularly around the house, and which is tough because we, we live together. And actually, during this whole experience with COVID and your battle with cancer, we had to move you out of the house because it was just too much risk. So we only get to see you when you're feeling well enough, and we get to see you in the garden, and we do it from quite a distance away. And I feel really privileged that we get to do a podcast together because this has all been kind of going on in the backdrop of COVID. And we didn't really talk about it too much. We reference it, but we haven't really gotten into the meat of why this has been so um, emotional during this time. And it it felt weird to have the conversation about cancer without you because it's... Because I'm the one going through it. It's your journey. It's your journey. We're kind of the the extras, the bystanders of it, but it's really your journey in the midst of this. I'm Sarah Millican, and this week I'll be guiding you through what has been going on behind the scenes, if you like, with the Williamses. And as Ida was saying, Gwen's illness has been at the heart of that. In sharing how they've all been coping, things do get emotional, but no less sweary. So if there are kids nearby, this is your warning. And not only should you watch out for some ripe language, despite the heartfelt themes discussed this week, the conversation does somehow drift into quite sexual territory involving Nana Gwen. I know, I'm as surprised yet not as you might well be. So, um... Also, we are outside whilst doing this. We are in the flight path in the hills of Beverly Shire, 90210. So if you pick up cars or helicopters or planes... It's because we are outside right now. Yeah, it's not our house. Oh, and that's the dogs attacking each other. Oh yeah. It's not our. It's not our helicopter, our plane. Just, just to be clear. So it is not our neighbors. It is just the sky, and we cannot do anything to control the noise. Hey, Nana Gwen, how are you doing today? You're like chief, like interrupter this morning. Well, I just thought that you were naturally. No, you just. Why don't you take the lead? Why don't you take the lead, Rob? You you take the lead. You just seem to be going down a cul-de-sac of talk, and I thought I'd help you out. But if you don't want any help, no. Talk on. Talk on, Rob. Over to you. Talk on. No. Let's let's, let's just usually ask Gwen to talk. She's one that hasn't been doing. That's what it just said. I'm feeling brilliant. I'm happy to be here. The sun is shining. This is a lovely moment. I've been looking forward to it all week. I love these outdoor visits. It it helps because it we we have been living together for. A few years and basically it, all my life, basically all your life. That's yeah. Correct. I don't. We've taken very brief pauses. A few forty years. How how are you managing to keep so positive, uh, Gwen? Because you've been incredible all the way through this. Well, I I just am going to get better. That's it. There's just there's I've got a mindset of that. 
Yeah. I've been meditating. I actually, I think since the beginning of the year, I've meditated 115 days straight. Wow. Um, and I've, in the course of a year, I've meditated over 400 times. So I think that's helping me. I, I just get very calm. I think I, I have a calm nature to begin with. Um, you guys have been very helpful with helping me get the right doctors and everything, and I really believe that the doctors are exceptional and and they've done what they're supposed to do, and, and that they are telling me that I'm going to be fine. So I choose to believe that. So not only are you going to beat cancer, but you're also going to come out of this with the, with the power of telekinesis. Yes, exactly. And, and to be able to levitate. That would be quite the skill set. So, as already mentioned, there is a lot discussed in this episode as Robbie and Ida quiz Gwen on her cancer treatment and what's next. As ever, we wish her well and anyone else who is listening and may be suffering. Send in all good thoughts via this podcast. I already believe that Gwen is going to get well, but it just cements my absolute steadfast, firm belief that we are dealing with a very special person here that can overcome absolutely anything. That's really sweet. Yeah. Oh. It was very sweet. Now I can't say anything mean to you because you've been really sweet. Yeah. Uh, I definitely think, because I'm not as calm as you, I, I'm i not going to lie, I'm scared about your cancer and your Parkinson's and your lupus. <laughs> I'm, I'm scared. You know, I have to say that the lupus one, which is not actually lupus, it's pre-lupus, it's like a version of lupus or something, that's the one that's been kicking my butt lately. That really is the one. It's like the secret stealth guy. Been focused on the Parkinson's, and guess what? I'm doing really well with my Parkinson's. I'm in great shape. Been focusing on the cancer because I have no choice. I have to just get it over with. But that little stealth bomber, that autoimmune disease, has just been kicking my butt lately. It's like the little... Irritant, the little, yeah. little, little annoying yeah. fucker in the family, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It's just been. Here's my mm. question that I wanted to know because I feel like I feel like we've started on the end tail of this, and I kind of want to backtrack. Is talk me through your headspace of you know I remember that day that we spoke and you told me that you've been diagnosed with cancer, which just floored me and stopped me in my tracks in the worst way possible. Talk me through, you know, you getting that diagnosis and then COVID kind of exploding onto the scene and, and and take me through where you went in your headspace with that. Cause I know how I felt and I felt, <laughs> thank you. And that's how Callie felt. I know how, how I felt in that moment and in that panic of everything going on, but you were the one actually experiencing the, the consequences of that. Tell me, take me through your January, February, and kind of how, with the meditation that you just touched on, and 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 through these weeks of quarantine and treatment, kind of where your headspace has gone and how you've arrived, you know, like take me through the evolution. Well, I just, I mean, the the main thing was the first thing, and my boyfriend Ian was telling me this at the time. He said, "You're so decisive," because I just decided I wasn't going to sit on my heels and sort of be passive about it. I was going to just, and you guys were behind me too, but I was, I was just going to take action. I didn't want to delay. I had no idea that COVID was about to hit. I had no idea. Well, no one did really. But, but I just felt I got to deal with this. I got to get through it now. There's no time to waste. You're talking about the cancer. Yeah. But I mean, when you got that call, 
Or when the doctor called you in? No, when the doctor, when I got the call from the doctor's office saying the doctor wants to meet with you to talk to you about your results rather than just, usually you get a call when you take a test, they say, they say, oh, it's all fine. You got this, you got that, or, you know, your levels were this or that. And I got a call saying, you need to come in and talk now. That's that's not good when they use the now. I they're not going to give you a high five, are they? No, they're no. not going to come this in. This is so just, good. Yeah, this, this is so, so good. good. We had to say, we had to say awesome in person. Yeah. And then you come in and there's sort of like a banner going, go Gwen, go Gwen, go Gwen, go Gwen. I have to imagine that you back in the day, there were some doctor's phone calls with some results that you were quite eager to get the, uh, the actual pending of yeah, your day. They, they were just like, come in, bring your own swab. We've never had to deal with anything like this before. <laughs> I, I, I imagine there were some close calls in the 90s for you, Robbie Williams. Um, so, uh, so, so, okay, go on. So, so they then, call you, they say, we want to see you in person, Gwen, now. So I, so that I had just left this house, actually. I was here. You guys were still in Europe. You were, yeah, we were away. Yeah. And, um, and on my way to the doctor's office, I called Ian, who was also here, mm-hmm. and I said... Because we've adopted your boyfriend. Yes. So I said, they want me, they want to see me, they won't tell me the results over the phone. And he said, well, then just call me, whatever, call me. Mm-hmm. So um, it happened pretty quickly after that. It was like the doctors came in and she said, well, you know, this is what I found. You've got cancer. It's not good. I need to take you, you need to meet with an oncologist right now. You have to go. And what, are your, what is your head saying to you when you go, they, the, the words are echoing in your brain, you've got cancer, you need to see an oncologist. It, it was just terrifying. I mean, I, 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 call, I rang Ian and I said, it's cancer. And he said, I'm, I'll be right there. He just dropped whatever he was doing and he came over. Um, by then I was down in the oncology unit of the hospital and they took my, my blood pressure went up about 60 points. Naturally. Now, my blood pressure is very low. I'm, I'm ve- I've always been very low blood pressure, usually like 110 or something. It went up to 165. Wow. Well, you were like, shitting yourself. That's what happens. So that's, so yeah. that's what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, and after that, I mean, it was, well, actually, it was your brother's birthday. I do recall. Yes. So then I had to, like... Shift gears and go into happy birthday happy mode. Birthday mode. <laughs> that's that's the vibes. Yeah. Happy birthday. I've got cancer. Eek, not easy at all. There's putting on a brave face and really putting on a brave face. Everyone copes with these things in their own way, and Robbie wants to delve more into how Gwen's been coping. Now I know that you are quite um you were steadfast with your resolve to not put on any weight as well. <laughs> Besides all of these diagnoses, this <laughs> plethora, the trifecta of dis- these illnesses that you've picked up, every cloud has a silver lining. <laughs> Are you a little bit pleased with yourself for still being able to fit into your best no, clothes? She's Oh, she is thinning her best life right now. Yeah. yeah, Gwen, how does it feel to be so underweight? You've always wanted to be too thin. You've no, always I, watched what you've yeah, eaten. I, I am. Rob has nailed it. You've nailed it. It's, You're happy to be skinny. It's it's kind of okay, that part. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But, wow. But, wow. But, really? but I, wow. But I don't. I love Gwen. I love Gwen likes, likes her I cancer body. But I don't. She likes her. But I, <laughs> I know, so I know that to fight it, I need to have a little bit of weight. 
Yeah, you need a little I bit of weight. I think I lost weight on the drug for the Parkinson's that I'm taking. I think I, what? I started losing <laughs> weight on that one. Yeah. I lost about uh, four pounds, I think. Really? And also, yeah. let's just note that Gwen's only about 110 pounds to begin with. So well, four I am pounds now. Is, well, I mean, you're, congratulations. I mean, you, congratulations. Congrats. Congra- <laughs> high five, Gwen. High five and a glove. Um, yeah, Gwen, I think you are. That's the one thing. I think you were excited about the dietary the dietary results of not being able to eat. If I, I mean, now it's gotten right. to the point where I'm giving you my skinny clothes that I don't fit into. Which is just dark. <laughs> it is dark. It's, it's very dark. dark. No, but I am. I am really. I have, especially the last month, I've been making an effort to eat more. Yeah. I never thought I'd hear you say that. I know. I, I, All those I years of have. you pushing the food and on he, the plate. And, and Ian was very proud of himself this morning. He said, "I fed you. I, I fed you properly this morning." Because I had. What's post- the What's the medicine called? <laughs> no, seriously, what's the medicine called? Well, I'll, I'll tell you separately because it, it, it's, it's you can't it's have not it, Robbie a, Williams. It's not well, there might be there might be sort of like off-brand reasons for taking it. Black market Parkinson's drugs just to get skinny. It's not approved by the FDA yet, so I can't really talk about it. But that has never stopped Rob. In fact, I think if something's FDA approved, it actually turns Rob off. And I think there's. You know, I, I, I think there's a way we can work with this, perhaps. I don't uh, know. Oh, are you wow. going to be his dealer? Are yeah. you going to be his I'm Parkinson's dealer? No. We found well, out. Well, I have to say, when your grandmother was alive and she was fighting, her she had a blood disease and she was she was they were well, she had she a was, cancer. She was in hospice. No, but you when stole she, her medicine. No, well, no, this is what happened. What is? <laughs> there, it's a pack of thieves there in was my a, family. There was a. She was on a morphine regimen at that point. Oh, wow. You stole her morphine. No, wait, hold on, time out. I did not steal anything, but when she passed away, there was a whole cache of drugs, and I took them. What, for safekeeping? For safekeeping, and I was working on a movie with a producer who will be nameless in this story. We can call him Harvey Weinstein. Why not? Because he didn't do very well. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) He will remain nameless. Because you don't know his name. It was a crazy situation because it was a low budget movie and they needed to pay the writer more money and I sort of chimed in and said oh I have some morphine drugs you offered the writer morphine (laughs) instead of payment for the writer was that even on the cards the other the other producer offered the writer morphine it wasn't morphine you must have mentioned that you had it it as a a bargaining tool it was deloaded or something deloded that's what they put me in the hospital when I broke my elbow when that's hardcore shit it was deloded so they they were looking for something and I I mean they were looking for something they didn't just all of a sudden think you know we could pay him we could pay him in drugs no they you obviously mentioned it as an option they mentioned it what they, they said, said, does anyone have any yes. does anyone have any spare drugs we yes. can pay our writer? Yes. What the fuck production was that's, this one? That's Hollywood Hold for on. you. That's just Hold on. No, wait, no that's gets, ridiculous. It gets worse. It gets, it gets, worse. Worse. It gets okay. worse. Go. So I'd mentioned that I could possibly provide them with this. Wow. So then I did give them like, I don't know, three or four Dilatids or something. And then this is what was so crazy was this producer. Okay, so the office was in the valley and he lived in in Get Beverly Hills, and we, as you recall, lived in Deep Canyon at the mm-hmm. time. Get to it. He used to come to my house and visit. Oh, I know who this person is. And he used to. Just figured it out. He said he had to, he'd, he'd asked to lose, use the loo. And I, di- I didn't figure it out right away, but he used to go up into my bathroom to use the loo and take some of my drugs. First of all, you'd be the worst detective if you can't figure out someone's downstairs in your bathroom, but then ends up going upstairs into your bathroom. <laughs> it was not, it was not, 
It was a creaky house, first of all, a wooden creaky house. And there's quite a distance. The Cluso of Cancer. The Cluso of Cancer. I love that you, there's not very much accountability in your narrative of, and then I just happened to say that I had drugs and they somehow got, I gave my drugs. There's a very, there's, you're definitely taking a backseat on you being a drug dealer in this whole production scheme. I was not. Uh, Okay. Well, I'll let the listeners decide. I had an experience once with somebody who wanted to, um, like role play, Uh like, um, like with relative stuff? No. Yes. No. That's a and hard I couldn't. Pass. And I said, I said, um, they no. wanted, they first said, da- like, dad, daddy. Oh, and, and, and I said, um, well, that's not so bad. But um, so I suggested maybe, like, I said, maybe the most I could do is uncle. <laughs> okay, so that was just a snippet of an episode with actor and podcaster Justin Long. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and I'm telling you, you need to listen to the full episode on my podcast, Dinner's on Me. Over a meal at Pine and Crane in downtown LA, we get into his love story with Kate Bosworth, his career, and so much more. To listen, just search Dinners on Me wherever you listen to podcasts. So you bartered and he you paid him in dilated. Yes. Wow, that explains a lot in my family. It explains how I am, explains how I ended up with a drug addict. It just it explains a lot. That's me. That's you. Well, doesn't fate work in mysterious ways? And who knew the dealing tendencies of Nana Gwen? Goes without saying, I trust that we, of course, do not condone any such behaviour, fascinating though these revelations are. Moving on then. What's everyone been up to since we last discussed lockdown? Still in the wholesome banana bread sourdough making camp? Or purely the eaten carbs camp? Maybe you've carried on with all those online exercise classes you paid for, just like me. Now, this is where the sex talk begins. Personally, I'm fine with it. I mean, it should not be shocking that people of an appropriate age are having fun. You go, Gwen. What's been keeping you busy other than your countless... Diseases. Diseases. Well, to be honest, I've been... I've just finished a 10-week writing course at UCLA, UCLA Extension on memoir writing. Do you know you could do? Pay yourself and dilata now. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, it's a so great what, idea. what are you going to do with the um, the education that you've given yourself? Over I've, the I've been I've, I'm writing a segment of my life, which is called Sex After Sixty. Sex After Sixty. But you're yeah. seventy now. Well, I yes, taking I am. Taking some time, isn't it? It's taken a really long time. It's a lot to of write. sex that's happened. Yes. Can I just say this was a really important, and it kind of obviously made me sick to my stomach. But important, I think, for people listening is that. I said you because obviously the cancer that you had uh, is, or I'm going to say had in past tense. Thank you. Cervical. And I said, well, don't be, because you have a boyfriend and you two are quite active in that sense. And I was like, don't be abusing that area, please, while you're getting treatment. And what did you say to me? Well, I don't know what I said about the treatment, but post no, the about treatment. about the area, the, about the, the area and the, and the sexing of the area. The doctor prescribed that I should continue to have sex as much as possible. <laughs> Sorry, it literally does. And do you know what? Thank God Ian's here because that would have fallen to me. (laughs) (laughs) And Uh, and do you know what? I, by the way, I I, think I would have helped out. Ew. Okay. Honestly. 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 I'm throwing up, and my and my vagina just curled up. That's making my vagina curled up, and I'm I'm weeping. I have to say, that's the the visual. You're such a good son-in-law. Thank you. But I mean, I just think it's quite cool that like for cancer, I don't know, is cancer sex a thing? But like, I love that you're keeping yourself. No, but no, excuse me, but fit as a fiddle. I don't know. Here's, here's a little known fact about uh, the, the breaky therapy treatment that I had 
which is a sort of internal radiation system. Okay. Um, Slightly graphic. They give you, after you finish the treatment, they give you a... a An orgasm? No, it looks like <laughs> a dildo. They give you a dildo. They give you, they give you a, dildo. a dildo with some. Is that just for you, Gwen? No, 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 no. It's, it's it's part of the treatment. You have to three times a week. You have to insert the dildo inside of you because the scar tissue from all the treatment wow. causes the vagina to close up. Oh God! This so is... you have to keep it open with <laughs> this, this is dildo. So, so graphic. I'm so I really, sorry. I'm sorry that the uh, dogs have to hear this. So I'm just sat here re- receiving this information. Yeah. And like, there's several. Comedic places that go. you could go. Just go. With this. I mean, you offered to have sex with my mom, and then go. I just, just actually. Go. I this have to show you, what you several comedic package. I don't want to okay, see the no, dildo package. Let's get the dildo package out. Do we? I mean, I'm honestly, I'm already traumatized from this conversation. Do we have to look at so, the dildo? So package? I realized there's several comedic places we could go with this. Go. And then I actually received the information mm-hmm. and just became overwhelmed with <laughs> a massive wow. Just I like, thought, by the way, wow. I literally thought you were going to say, and I just became incredible turned on and I had an <laughs> erection. I thought that those were along the lines of what you were going to say. No, no, no. I, I instantly got short wired with, yeah, no, uh, it, it, with the, I was like, oh, this is, this is absolutely amazing and priceless and com- comedy gold. And then I just yeah. went, ah, it's my mother-in-law saying she sticks a dildo up her vagina. Yeah. And, and can we just take a pause for poise that I'm her daughter listening to this? Yeah. How does it feel to know that your mom has more sex than we do? Yeah. I'm kind of like, you know that like amen emoji, like props to you? That's the emoji I want to send you. And then I'm looking at you, my husband going, oh, we got to get our shit together, man. Yeah, what what, Gwen's, hap- what Gwen's, happened? Gwen, I don't know, but Gwen's having more sex in cancer treatment than we are. Yeah. We've got to, I don't know. Do you want me to get the, the dildo kit? For me? For you? I'll get you some dilated and the dildo kit. Hey, listen. Yeah, okay. This is the, the beauty this and the problem the of this family. Podcast. This is an X-rated. Who thought the cancer one would be the most X-rated <laughs> podcast of all Sorry. of them? But can I have to, I have to say, we are joking about all of this, hopefully. And This is how our family gets is, through yeah. these sort of things, yeah, is this with is humor and love. This is really how we relate in our family, is just the darker, most sarcastic kind of what would you call it? Outside the lines humor kind of is is what bonds us. And thank you, Gwen, for letting us into my. Deepest. Well, I don't want it. I was saying that into your vagina, but thank <laughs> you, Gwen, like, for letting letting us take on. the piss out of you, and you take the piss out of us. And and I just love that we can have a conversation about cancer and chemo and COVID, and still find these these dark light moments to laugh. That's what I was thinking actually during this whole process. Is as we sat down to do this podcast, I thought, well, this is going to be depressing, depressing, and a yeah. different tone. And as it happens, this has actually been yeah the, the happiest, yeah. the lightest, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. the most comedic podcast that we've done out of all of them yeah, thanks I Gwen this, I that's this... why I love my mother-in-law <laughs> I so do I so do you know what ladies and gentlemen <laughs> I could have had any mother-in-law in the world and I got Gwen the best mother-in-law Aww. in the world Aww, yeah the, the most champion mother-in-law if there was an Olympics of mother-in-laws I would send you to represent America <laughs> and I would be your coach. There Aww. you go. Aw, that's so Thanks, sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love our family. I love, I had the same thought as you, Boo. I thought, oh, this is going to really bring the tone down because this is really emotional stuff. It's stuff that keeps me awake. And I thought this I, was going to be like this morning. Yeah, just, I thought that we would just be crying and, you know, and I was going to try and keep it together. And I thought, oh, I don't want to depress the listeners with how 
scary this has been. And I really like that this has taken a turn into completely mentalsville and that <laughs> a we turn for the best. A turn for the best. Which might be the name of your dildo kit, a turn for the best. That is actually a genius name. Copyright that one, Ida Love. I'll ask again. How are we all doing now? If nothing else, glimpsing into the inner thoughts of the Williamses always takes you somewhere I doubt you imagined. And my imagination can go to some interesting places. I think the dildo is back in the proverbial box, pun intended, as Ida's perhaps wisely moved on to a topic more of us are familiar with. What we all did that time with our wildly grown locks in lockdown. You came over the other day. Yes. And the hair was, you were starting to look like a cocker spaniel if we're, you know, it was you quite floppy. You didn't say just like a cocker spaniel, you said like an old cocker spaniel. Well, that's, a, well, but the gray, you know, like a gray, you know how dogs get gray around the mouth and stuff and their ears. That was what's happening is you're just getting a bit gray around the mouth on the top of your head. So we decided to give you a quarantine haircut. Yes. Which was a big deal because yes. for, for several reasons. A, I've never given a proper full professional haircut because I'm not a professional nor have you ever let me do that to you. Correct. And also it was the closest I've ever gotten to you because in this cancer crisis, in the backdrop of this COVID crisis, I've been very, very scared to be close to you, which right. is hard because I want so badly to be able to hold your hand and hug you and be with you in the way that I'm used to being with you. And because I'm so scared of this kind of invisible disease on the off chance that I could be a carrier or I've caught something or whatever, that I give it to you and that you don't make it, I've I've physically pulled myself back from you. And that's been very hard because I've wanted to be so close to you. And so that was a big moment, me giving you that haircut, because it was so nice just to be in yeah. your space. You know, I was wearing a mask and you were wearing a mask and we were both wearing gloves and we were taking all those precautions. But it felt, for me, it was a really tender moment to get to actually just touch you, to actually care for you in the way that I want to care for you. And at the end of the haircut, I actually gave you a hug, which is, I think, the first time I've given you a hug in like four months. And I needed yeah. that hug. Yeah, me too. It's so weird to feel your body. But by the way, it, your body is so tiny now. It felt so odd to hold your tiny body. Um, and I look forward for future time when I can hug you without gloves and a mask. By the way, I'd like to, I'd like yes, to ask yeah. you a review of my haircut because obviously now the dogs are now just, they're just running around. Well, I mean, I think, I think it was extraordinary. First of all, it was a very intimate moment. It was a lovely moment. I mean, you put a lot of trust in Trust in me I to did, give you that hair. Because I took off a good three or four inches, didn't I? I'd say four, yeah. Four I would, inches. I would, to be fair, I, it's a little shorter than I would have gone. Oh, are we are we criticizing the haircut no, now? No, not at all. <laughs> not um, at all. But, okay, so you... A little bit little shorter. I like the length. But it's, it gives me room to grow. does give you room gives to grow. gives me room to grow, which I will be doing. How have you found being separated from us all during this? Painful. Painful. Very painful. It's really hard being separated from you guys and it's it's really hard not not to I mean not to hold the kids and to just like sit down and read with them you know and sh and and stuff it's 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 been really hard I must say Teddy has discovered how to send text messages and to use FaceTime yes, yes, yeah. and we've developed a really nice little relationship you have a little that. iPad a little iPad relationship you we like pen pals do you know Teddy uh, uh, FaceTimed Michael my manager yesterday yeah I know I was with her when she did it oh really yeah she was just can I talk to Michael 
She's really excited that she can actually connect with people on this iPad because she doesn't because obviously she does not have a phone nor is she going to get a phone, but she's managed well, to figure well, out that her that her Peppa Pig machine, aka the iPad, also has capabilities of text. So now she's in calling. So she's kind of figured out how to manipulate the iPad into its full potential. What are you looking forward to doing when the uh, the lockdown abates? When the lockdown abates, well. I always love travel, so I, I'm going to want to go somewhere. Like not to the cancer ward, like somewhere yeah, else. Like somewhere else. And, you know, it would be nice to go to a restaurant. I remember restaurants. Yeah, restaurants were fun. When this ends, I've got an idea for a, for a show we could pitch to, like, Netflix. Okay, what? Gwenfield, sex tourist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless. You can always rely on Robbie to turn the chat back to, well, that when you're listening to this, who knows where we'll be with regards to lockdown or going out with masks at a social distance, whether the toilets will be open. So much is in flux. It's the queues, isn't it? Not that I imagine that's an issue for the Williamses. Doubt they'll have been queuing for little, but you never know. Anyway, Robbie's got something he wants to get up his chest. Things that annoy me about you. Oh, let's not do that again. Yeah, just just this one. No, no, because we'll, we'll get into a domestic in front of Gwen. But it's okay, yeah, but like, I want to figure out why you do this. What? Leaving doors open. What do you mean? Like, for example, when you leave the bedroom, uh, can you I just, just say, leave the door open. You do the exact same thing. No, I don't. A hundred percent. No, I don't. No, you do. You no. walk out and you leave it open. I'm like, boo, and then there's noise. And I'm like, oh, no, you do. You 100% do. No, I 100% don't. Well, it's going to be a he said, she said on this one because it's Well, it'll be a she said a lie, he said a truth. (laughs) Okay, well, I totally disagree. Were you born in a barn? I don't even know what that means. Why do, can you know that saying when people are going, shut the door, what? Were you born in a barn? I've not heard that. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And then if you break it down, it's like, what is it about barns and people leaving doors open? Because it's a uh, big door. To close? Hey, Thanks, you know, hey, you know, when you shave your head, mm-hmm. can you clean up the hair on the floor? Yeah, I did. Why don't you? Why don't you just like I do? Go. I'm a bad person. I'm trying to be better. When I say things to you, bring up. No, you've you've I, instantly got things. No, but no, no. I, would, I acknowledge when I've done something not right. But the door thing, I'm just not having. I I will have what I will have is a pet peeve of yours that I do is I don't turn out the lights all the time, and that is something I do do. But the door thing. Nah, keep keep on moving, bro. Do you know that I will love you through all of your blind spots? Likewise. And I'm loving you through this blind spot now. <laughs> Likewise. You leave doors open. You know, it's and here's the thing. Look, even Gwen, the thing. even Gwen's not having it. Look, here's even thing Gwen to, looks sad. To all women, so fucking important about putting the toilet seat down because it's disgusting. Because first of all, your little rim that you that you piss on first of all is always filled with urine, and then we sit on it, and it's not enough to support our big asses. You can just take your hand. No, no, you can, and also you can also down. flush. That's another thing you can do. Do you know why I don't flush? You don't flush. Do you know why I don't flush? Right, it's irrelevant. So I don't want to wake you up. Right, except for you didn't flush all day yesterday when I was totally up. You don't flush. Do you know why There's I didn't a pet flush? Peeve. Do you know why I didn't flush? Why didn't you flush? I'm bothered about this planet. <laughs> Can I just You're, say? No, no, don't say a nice thing now. No, no, no. no. Hold plant with your rudeness and Gen- just stay. Genuinely want to say this. Mm. 
You look so pretty. See, you always do that to you me. You do, though. But you do it. You do, you do it. You make me soften. No, no, no. I'm not doing it on purpose. <laughs> I just are. looked at your beautiful face and was you just are. like, how lucky you am we- I to have such you a wear me down and then wonderful you, wife. And then you pull me up with a compliment and then I'm confused. This, listen, this is not a mechanism to confuse you. <laughs> this is When I just said my stuff and then you were talking, I was just like, oh, she's oh, so beautiful. Damn it. Now I, just, now I love you again. This, this okay. is the secret to a long marriage. It's good. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Staying at home with the Williamses. Today's episode has been about the lovely Gwen. And like we said during the podcast, we thought this was going to be somber. We thought this was going to take a turn and be where we get serious. It turns out it's been the least serious podcast. And that is why I am blessed with the best family on this planet. God bless you, Gwen. I love you. I have every faith that you have already kicked cancer's arse. I have, I have, I have. And just by your very being and the way that you've tackled this, you know, I have to say as a family and as, as, as the husband of my beautiful wife, your uh, very being and essence during this has made it a thousandfold better for all of us and I thank Aww. you from the bottom of my heart Bless just for both. being you. Bless you both. Yeah. yeah. Mommy, you've been my hero in this process. I know that I don't have the same bravery and strength that you've demonstrated. It's an inspiration to me on how to face things. You have been fearless and positive and strong and and you know, a real a real rock in this unstable rock. You have really planted yourself down and made us all feel safe with your approach. And I'm just very grateful that you're my mommy and that you're alive and that you're healthy. And let's I look keep for- it that way. Let's keep it that way. Let's let's look forward to a time when the gloves and masks come off and we can celebrate your wellness up close and personal and do all those things on your bucket list because I want to be there for all of them. And we'll get a chance to burn those dildos with you. <laughs> okay. We'll set those dildos alight or we'll take them and borrow mm, them. Don't need them anymore. But That's either right. way... Um, Cast away your medical dildos. <laughs> medical dildos. Yeah. Set them on fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's, let's, let's kick cancer's ass and then let's go kick Parkinson's ass and then let's just... Get rid of that other thing. Yeah, tell Lupa's bye, Felicia. Well, that's it for another week. Thanks for listening, and I'd like to say I knew what was in store for next time, but frankly, I haven't got a clue. Just the way I like it. Until then. Ida, the people need to know about your podcast, Postcards from the Edge. Tell them what it's about and how people can find it. Sure, Robbie Williams. Postcards from the Edge is all about me, an American girl, chatting to my British friends about our differences. Most weeks, I'll be joined by my mum, Gwen, and sometimes you pop up. But for the most part, it's me learning about naked attraction and how to say sorry all the time with the likes of David Williams, Alan Carr, Judge Rinder, Ollie Murs, and loads more amazing guests. So please check it out and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Podcasts.